Hello, this is Tebu Winslow-Mar, sole owner and founder of Triumphant Athletic Agency. Let's play ball and win. Thank you for tuning in to, in, tuning into my podcast, Confronting Delilah, a genuine discussion with and for genuine folk. Today, our genuine discussion is about how to take your business idea from being a thought in your head to growing from a startup and beyond. Just getting over the hurdle can be a Goliath for many. Landing that first contract and building traction has been a Goliath for me in my personal business. Today, I have a friend who is successful in business, Kathy, and her husband owns Wilmont Modular Structures, Inc., which provides a rapid and innovative building space solutions for commercial and industrial workspace issues. I want to I want to read a few articles that I pulled up. Um, the first one is that approximately 11 out of 12 business failed. Reasons, their money, the money run out, wrong market, lack of research, bad partnership, bad marketing, not an expert. There are currently 31.7 million small businesses in the United States, which make up a make up 99.9% of all U.S. businesses. Many small businesses start up every month, but the failure rate is high. As of 2019, startup failure rates are around 90%. 21.5% of startups fail in the first year, 30% in the second year, 50% in the fifth year, and 70% in their 10th year. This was taken from the Small Business Center. Maryland ranks 20th in growth of, of women-owned firms, according to the report. And this is the Maryland Daily Record. Baltimore ranked 30, 32 in growth of women-owned firms among the top 50 U.S. Metro, metropolitan areas with an 11.9% increase in the past five years. It was 21, 20, it was 20, it was the 21st in growth of jobs created with a 9.1% increase and 24th in growth of firm revenues with a 16.3% increase. And that was from the Maryland Daily Record. I would like to welcome Kathy and thank her for participating with me on my on Confronting the Lawless. Well, hi, like hi Taboo. Boy, I was listening to those those um, stats that you just ran off. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, Kathy, I, I would like you to tell my listeners a little bit about your background, if you're educated or not. Well, yeah. Um, so I'm born and raised in Baltimore. Um, went to an all-girl Catholic high school and uh, and uh, Notre Dame, and then went to uh, Loyola College. It was Loyola College at the time, now it's university. Sounds more impressive, doesn't it? <laughs> but um, I went to Loyola College um, yeah, back in the 80s, and um, that's, I just basically did my, my uh, undergraduate. I never did, uh, I started getting a master's and then decided no, I was getting married and I didn't have time for that, so that went out the window. But um, honestly, I don't think 
the um, and boy, some people are going to really be angry at me for saying this, but I really don't feel that having a college education is the is a hundred percent necessary to be successful in business. Now, obviously, if you're going to be a lawyer or you know a professional uh, healthcare worker or something like that, yeah, you you need to you need to go to college and get your degrees and and all of that. But for for business, um, it helps. But I'll be honest with you. When my husband and I started our business uh, back in 1989, so it's been almost 33 years now. Um, I remember the first quarter, the accountant that we had hired brought to us our first uh, financial statement, and both of us looked at each other. Here, both of us have business degrees. Okay, we both looked at each other and said, "We've seen this before," but we really didn't understand it at all. So. Learning, learning how to run a business for us was not something we learned in school. It was on-the-job training. It was making a lot of mistakes.、Um, it was making sure you listen to the right people because a lot of people will give you advice.、Um, you have to really depend on your own、uh, common sense a lot. I, I totally agree with that. I, I, you, you said something. It's been 33 years you've been in business. How、mm-hmm. long were you in? You said I think you said that you got married. So did y'all start the business shortly after you were married, or how long did you know your husband before you guys decided to get go into business? Oh,、uh, well,、um, let's see. That's a good question.、Um, we we met in 1980. We got married in 1983. Uh, in 1989 is when we started, so it was six years.、Uh, we had actually worked together. We had our own had separate jobs, but then we started working together、um, selling real estate.、Uh, we wanted to buy this house, and we didn't have enough money, so we decided, hey, a quick way to make money is to sell real estate. Wrong. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a tough, tough business, but. Uh, we did do that together for a while, so we we found out we could work together.、Um, we actually have very different personalities, and and I think anytime you have leaders in the business,、um, whether they are your partners or just your leadership team, you got to make sure that you all complement each other. If you have a bunch of people who are hard driven, dominant personalities, type A's,、um, yeah, you'll get a lot of things done, but you also、uh, grow yourself right out of business. You need you need to have that balance of people who are the process people who kind of want to see the data before decisions are made, and then you want the people who are driven and、um, come up with all of the innovative ideas. So that's kind of who we are, Bob. We actually we follow something's called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, and I'm sure many of your listeners would have heard of that. Uh, it's great for small to medium businesses, but in it,、um, you have two people who are at the top. One is called your in, excuse me, your、uh, integrator, and one is called your visionary. So a visionary is somebody who、um, looks out into the future, comes up with the strategies,、um, you know, is the driver, customer relations, is the uh, the uh, supplier relations. The integrator, who happens to be me, is the person who kind of pulls it all together and makes sure that it all works together. Keeps all the departments communicating with each other and working together as a team.
So it's really important that you have both of those roles taken care of in, in a business. And in real small businesses, sometimes it's one person who does both of those, but optimally you like to have two separate people because it is two different uh, skill sets. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. How did you finance your startup? And is this the only business you own or have owned? When we started, it was on a shoestring. Um, well, let me tell you something real quick about my business, okay? I want it's you very, to do that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have kind of started <laughs> with that. Um, we're very capital intensive. We, uh, we lease and sell modular buildings. So what we do is we go to modular building factories and we will buy buildings, modular buildings, put them into our fleet, and then we lease them or we will actually custom design a modular building and sell that to a customer. Can you explain to my listeners that may not know what a modular building is? Sure. Um, a modular building is a building that is um, built in sections. And the sections uh, go right down the production line. You have your floors, your ceiling, your walls, windows, doors, everything in that section. You ship all those sections to a job site and you put them together like a Lego set and you, and you finish it off and you have yourself a building. That's pretty much as, as simple that's, as I can make it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, what was I saying though? You were talking about how, um, what your business is made of. Cause I asked you about financing. How did you start the business? Oh yes. So, Um, I was very blessed in that my parents um, offered to lend us some money. We we borrowed $100,000. It was a loan. It took us about eight years to pay it back, but we did. And um, we used that as kind of our startup money. Then we went to some banks and just talked to them about, you know, tell them what our business plan was. Very important to have a business plan. we went to them, uh, sat down, talked. We were turned down by many banks because um, our buildings, as they come in sections, they're on wheels, and our <laughs> office trailers, our office trailers, um, they're on wheels. And they they kept saying, "Well, the assets that you're using as collateral can be pulled away. Somebody can <laughs> take them." Well, yeah, that <laughs> usually doesn't happen. But anyhow, um, we finally did find one bank that. Uh, was willing to give a shot, give us a shot, and um, and we worked with them and, and grew it. We were very, very careful to grow very slowly. Um, in the beginning, instead of spending all our money on buying new buildings, we went around and found people who, a lot of contractors are already using office trailers and modular buildings in their, you know, for their jobs. Um, they were they owned them, and they just, you know, we talked them into selling them to us. And so they could either lease or buy another one later, but we bought used buildings and fixed them up and then put them into our lease fleet. So we were buying buildings pennies on the dollar. So that's that's how we got started. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, is this the only, now you said that you guys were selling real estate at one time. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you have another business as well? Or is this the first, this is the second business you guys have been in? No, this was our first business. The real estate, literally we worked (laughs) for my, we worked for my uncle. We were real estate agents. And I tell you what, 
the second we got that house, we turned those licenses in. That is not an easy <laughs> job. It oh, it was an awful. Well, it it was fun, but it was it's a difficult job. And I praise any real estate agent out there who might be listening. Um, I I really admire you. It, it's a hard <laughs> job, but anyhow, um, that that's how. That was a job for us. Our business, the first business was Wilmot Modular. We did start a second business um, back in 2003. It was called Allender Self Storage. And it's kind of funny how that started. Um, we had a, about five acres sitting next to our main business and it was just sitting there empty. And somebody in our leadership team came up with the idea, well, why don't we, why don't we take some of our buildings, put them over there um, and turn them into storage units and, and uh, rent them out as storage. So we put a few over and darn if those things didn't lease like immediately. So we put more over there and then they got leased out. So we said, hey, we got something going here. So we just started filling it up with, um, with different units that we had, put roll up doors on them, had them next to each other and turned into a self storage business. Um, we're actually in the midst of selling that right now, but it is um it was a very successful business wow that's awesome that's being innovative inside yeah. of your business and and coming up with new revenue streams right right and and that's that's you know you got to be thinking about that at all times now what is the percentage of ownership with you and your husband is it 50 50 uh, split it is we're 50 50 yes okay what what Galalas have you confronted in order to be successful in your business and your partnership with your husband? It can be hard, you know, separating the office from home when you work with your with your partner in life. That's true. It it is, but somehow we make it work. Um, and it's funny because you you asked me, you know, when we you first called me about doing this. And I sat there and thought, what the heck are my Goliaths? I, I couldn't think of anything. And so I, I went right you know, but down to the basics and I was thinking, okay, what's my de- definition of a Goliath? And I look at it as, you know, a challenge that seems insurmountable. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a dramatic event. It could just be a problem or issue that just won't go away. So, right. right. So how do I fight that? Well. I kind of went back to thinking, well, who was Goliath? And that was, you know, David fought Goliath. It's in a story in the Bible. Um, David fought Goliath with a slingshot. It wasn't a big weapon, um, but he was really confident in using it because he had experience using it. I mean, think about it. He was a shepherd, so he was fighting off bears and wolves every day, shooting them with a slingshot, so he got pretty good at it. So when he met Goliath, I think he wasn't focusing on how big and and nasty Goliath was. I think he was focusing on what he could do best and what he had his experience with. That that was his strength. So I started thinking, okay, well, what's my slingshot? So, well, first I had to think, what's my professional Goliath? Um, and that I would say is we are a small business amongst a lot of big businesses. Um, most of our competitors, not all of them, are national or international. We're, we're just a regional company. Um, they've got bigger budgets, they've got more staff, they've got larger inventory. I mean, on the surface, you know, we're, we're peons to them. 
So my slingshot for this, you know, instead of focusing on how big they are and how much more they have than us, um, my slingshot is my focus. So, I mean, I'm sh- you've probably heard this saying, you know, where your focus goes, energy grows. So I had to change where our focus went. And so I put confidence in the strengths that that we had rather than focus on what we see or what we heard from others. Um, so again, you know, if you want to remember, there's another story in the Bible about you know the people of Israel when they sent those scouts out to the land that they were told that they were going to inherit. Um, mm-hmm. when, they came, when they came back, they told everybody how large these men were and that they looked like grasshoppers next to them. And everyone ignored the fact that God had said that that was their land. He promised it to them. Instead, they listened to those men and they refused to go into land that was theirs. And they lived out in the desert for years because they assumed <laughs> they weren't strong enough and big enough to fight. I mean, if they had focused on God's promise instead of what they're being told, they would have lived a lot more comfortably in their own land. So I use my focus and look at what makes our small business strong. I'm not focusing on what those the big companies have that I don't necessarily have. And I'm focusing on what we do have. And as a small business, you're very nimble. Um, you can turn on the dime. These big companies, they're like big ocean liners. If, if <laughs> they are, I mean, if they want to make a, a change in something, it starts at the top and it takes a long time to filter down. We can change on the dime. I mean, we can introduce new products and services quick, very quickly. Um, we don't have all those management layers. Our, you know, the owners, Mike and myself, we're success. We're accessible to staff and to customers, um, which I think results in better customer service. So I'm not focusing on what the competitors have. I'm focusing on what we have that will make us successful. So that that's how I fight that Goliath. <laughs> okay. And what about your partnership at home? How do how do you separate work from from home? Um, we, it's funny, um, I think about, um, uh, we had once, I was having dinner with my parents and my, my parents owned a business. I worked for them for many years before we left and started our own business. And, um, you know, I had originally said, you know, when we go home, we're going to not talk any business. We're going to leave that at the office completely separate. <laughs> And my father looked at me and he said, you know, how do you think you learned how to run a business? It's because we would talk about it at dinner. We talked about what was going on and how we were handling it, handling it. And that's how you learned. And he is absolutely right. So we do talk business here at home, but we we try not to get into too many issues. Not to say that doesn't happen, but. You know, we, we tried to separate that as much as we can because you can burn out too. That is you true. Know. Yeah. So um, we do try to, you know, to not get too involved in discussing, you know, problems that are going on at the office and all that. There are many times where it just pops up. We'll start talking and one of us will say to the other, that's enough. We'll, we'll talk about that on Monday. And we do. And we just stop dead in our tracks and it doesn't come up again. That's awesome. What suggestion would you provide for other couples who believe they want to go in business together? I would say, number one, if you go into business together, you're going in as equals. It will never work if 
one is in charge, well, it generally doesn't work if one is in charge and the other is working for that person. Um, because when you're at home, you're you're equal. This is your house. Both of you, you know, both of you own this house. Both of you run this family. In the and when you you can't do that and then go into the office and have one work underneath the other. So you have to be equals. Um, the other thing which we found, and I'm telling you, it took us probably 25 years to figure this out, is that you each have to um, have your own roles and responsibilities. I can't tell you how many times um, when we were you know, starting this business and we started having employees and an employee didn't like an answer, an answer that one of us gave, then they would go to the other and they would say, well, they said that if it was, if you told me it was okay, then it would be okay. It's like having kids, it's parents and kids. So the, the other thing too was, um, so for instance, my husband is, he's the visionary, great ideas, run, run, run. He's always driving. His passion is what really drives our business. But then he tried getting involved in, um, in some of the operational things. And that's what I do. So he was now stepping on, on my feet. You know, all of a sudden I'm talking to the manager and said, well, I just talked to your husband and he said, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't go over well. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm we, sure. <laughs> yeah. So we had to really sit down. That was one of the things that EOS does, by the way, is it, you take what your strengths are, you determine what your roles and responsibilities are based on those strengths. And that's what you run with. And that's who's in charge of that area of the business. And since we've been doing that, boy, we've gotten traction. Um, it, it works really well. So that's that's critical. You have to each know what your roles and responsibilities are. Very good. So those are the two of the biggest things, I think, if you're going to try to start a business um, you know, with your spouse. As a, as a female in business, what suggestion would you give to a woman that is thinking about starting her own business and may want to go out on her own um, and start something outside of the home? Do you have a suggestion for, for the ladies out there? Um, I'm in a non-traditional uh, female business. We're in cons- it's construction. What we do is considered construction. And... Uh, one thing I did learn in the be- very beginning is that um, if a man walks into a situation in a construction on a construction job site, um, he has a lot longer to prove he, he knows what he's talking about. A woman walks in, they have a preconception about a, a woman not being uh, knowledgeable about construction and and she has a very short time frame to prove herself. So whatever you do, whether it's in a non-traditional industry for females or or not, um, know know what you're talking about. You know, be be professional, um, but also be yourself. Also be yourself. And and also, you know what? Stop falling back on the I'm a I'm a woman (laughs) excuse. (laughs) I I'm so tired of, of hearing sometimes women you know fighting about oh we have we don't have this good because we're women that's a bunch of baloney especially now you got wbes out there um 
you know, women business enterprises. Once you have that designation, there's a lot of contracts you get just because you're a woman. Um, I, I, I just think you need to be professional. Um, you need to know what you're talking about, but heck, that's for anybody starting a business, a man or a woman. So I, I think we have to, us ladies have to stop acting like we are, um, that we need, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? That we um, aren't as capable of running a business like a man is. We have to be confident in what we're what we're doing. Yeah. Confident and knowledgeable. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. How has COVID changed how you're doing business now? And thank you for coming on, even though you right now is dealing with COVID. I wanna I wanna thank you for taking the time to come on, um, even though. So with that stated, tell me a little bit about <laughs> what happened here and and well, thank you. How you yeah. how how you doing? What it what has what has it done to your business? How you how your vision the afterlife of COVID if it ever goes away? <laughs> okay. Well, um, we're very blessed because, like I said, we're in the construction related business, and construction did very well during uh, the COVID pandemic. We really did. We we didn't have to stop. We were considered non-essential business, so we, we continued working. Um, it was more difficult. Uh, they don't teach you this in business school, I tell you. Uh, <laughs> it was a little, you know, it was very difficult, especially in the beginning, coming up with policies that seemed fair to everybody, uh, you know, wearing masks, taking temperatures, you know, things like that. Um, if somebody gets COVID, do you pay them? Do you not pay them? You know, it, it's, there was a lot of learning lessons there. But as a bit for business, um, actually, we had the best year we've ever had. Wow, congratulations. Um, That's awesome. Well, thank you. And, and, and we're very blessed. Um, unfortunately, it was, for, it was because we were building um, buildings that were emergency related. We, we did uh, shower, shower units down at the DC Convention Center when they turned that into a, uh, a hospital for COVID patients. We've done um, uh, change houses, um, oh, vaccination centers, testing centers, you know, lot, lots of COVID-related um, buildings. So, so yeah, we, we, we did good. We, we did pretty good this year. Well, that's outstanding, especially after, I mean, 33 years. I mean, that's a long time to be in business. So yeah. the tr- that, that build up on that traction is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, yeah. so Go ahead. how has it changed what you you guys will do in the future? Uh, as far as um, how we manage people. Um, manage? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we've learned to be a lot more um, cognizant of of people's perceptions or you know what they're com- coming from you know we had some people who that they didn't care if COVID, covid was out there or not they were walking around without masks on you know it didn't bother them we had others who um were like holding themselves up in their offices they only came in because we told them they had to come in <laughs> and and others who wanted to work from home um 
that that's one thing that we probably have changed and will be changed in the future. And you're hearing this from everybody just about um, we did find ways for people to do their jobs at home. So, um, you know, changing the uh, software that we use, making it more cloud based. We probably never would have done that. I'm in fact, I know we would not have done that if it hadn't been for uh, COVID. Okay. Okay, so technology was one of the things that you had to change in order to for to move forward into this past COVID lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, yes, it did. How can my listeners find out more about your company and products um, if they're interested and if they have a need? Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate you plugging us like that. Um, all they need to go do is go to our website. It's uh, wilmotmodular.com. And um, this Can you spell plenty, that? Sure. Wilmot is W-I-L-M-O-T and then modular, M-O-D-U-L-A-R.com. Okay. And would you like to say one more time? I gave a little blurb of what, you, what your products are, but would you like to say what your products are? Sure. Um, Wilmot Modular has um, separate product lines for buildings. We have um, office trailers, uh, storage containers, and we have um, modular buildings. We're also a general contractor. So anybody who's looking for rapid building space because they're expanding uh, or just because they need something uh, temporary, something that, uh, that can be relocated, uh, they can call us. Uh, we have a fleet of office buildings and uh, toilet buildings, toilet trailers. Uh, we also have um, uh, a design team that can actually build multi-story buildings, uh, all using uh, a, a rapid acceleration, accelerated uh, method of building. Very good. Well, I thank you, Kathy, for coming on to my podcast today. Mm-hmm. Please. Well, thank you. And tell your hubby I said thank you as well. (laughs) (laughs) I will. Thank you very much. Uh, I I really appreciate it. It's it's fun to to tell others and things I haven't really thought about, to be honest with you. Um, You know, we just kind of live our lives and and keep moving forward and doing what we do. But it's fun to sometimes stop and really look at what you've accomplished and how you're doing it. So I appreciate you giving me that opportunity. Well, I truly appreciate you coming on. And I know my listeners that will listen to this podcast will get some jewels from it um, and be able to hopefully be able to start their business or increase their business um, revenue from some of the suggestions that you've dropped in our lap. Great. Please become a listener supporter um, to my listeners out there. Tune in the next time to listen to a genuine discussion with and four genuine folk. Let's play ball and win. This is Taboo Winslow Morris, sole owner and founder of Triumphant Athletic Agency. I once again want to thank Kathy for coming on today and everyone have an awesome day. <laughs>